Yeah, the ducks. <laughs> Play that one again. December 29, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 77. And enjoying my favorite time of the year, when eggnog is all on sale, I'm Abel Kirby. And broadcasting all across your internet, I'm Cold Acid. <laughs> Blogcasting. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. That's a bad one. Did you say broadcasting? Well, you know, you know where you know where that comes from, right? Yeah, I know. I heard that. It was, was that an Adam Curry thing? Yeah, Adam's that. latest rant about pod, and then yeah, after that, that, like, people coming up with all sorts of, like, annoying terms for <laughs> for it's podcasting. The blog. It's my audio. Yeah, it's my web blog. Podcasting. Mm. Well, I've got something that's worse than podcasting, <laughs> which is this Cayman Jack Margarita pre-mixed uh, cocktail. Wow, that was a regret. <laughs> it's all lime juice. It's uh, 5%, 5.8%, but it's all lime juice. It tastes terrible. I feel my gum shriveling. Well, at least you're getting your vitamin C. Yeah, get my vitamin. I was getting those from the oranges I was eating today, so I get a double citrus blast. Ah, it's bad. I feel like I'm gonna get a canker sore. Maybe I already have some. You know, know I can't eat all citrus. Oh, why not? There's citrus that I cannot eat. Oh, because of pills. But oh, I'm not yeah. allowed to eat any. Grapefruit. Yeah, grapefruit. On the other hand, Ooh, yeah, that's I a... hate grapefruit, so no loss. I love grapefruit, and I did that. I was on, um, it was a, now usually I don't take Benadryl, and because I have a weird reaction to it, but I accidentally picked up, uh, instead of my normal decongestant, this was like 10 years ago, maybe even longer, I bought what turned out to be generic Benadryl, not realizing what it was, and I took it. And at the same day, I, I was at the cafeteria at work, and we're all getting our, uh, I was on the software test team, and so the software test crew would all go, yeah, we get our, get our eggs and bacon, because they, it was like that Thursday, uh, you paid by the pound, <laughs> it's the way they, this is terrible, so it's a breakfast buffet where you pay by the pound, and so you get the eggs and bacon and everything, and I got a big, big old thing of grapefruit juice, and I drank it, I guess I had some interaction, where it, uh, it enhanced the uptake of the Benadryl, which I shouldn't have been taking anyway, and I blew my mind, man. I started tripping. I had to go sleep in my car for two hours, three hours. Uh, it was a bad day, man. Oh, I understand that. That's, that's nice the grapefruit. Eye, though, sounds like. The grapefruit, man. I like the, the juice, though. <sighs> I mean, I just got dizzy I don't even like asleep. the juice. Oh, that's too bad. It was too bad. Well, you know, the, uh... And to, to repeat what I said, that's J-U-I-C-E. He does, uh, he does like O.J. Simpson, just for the record. He's just not talking about that. I presume. I don't oh, know yeah. how you Who feel. doesn't love O.J.? I don't know. I can think of one or two people. <laughs> oh, he was a great man. Norbert, I'll tell you. A Norbert, yeah. Is that the his most famous movie role? Is The Naked Gun? I think so. Yeah. That was a funny guy. Uh, and except for the part where he killed people, uh, that wasn't so funny. But uh, the other jokes he did were pretty. You no, know, that wasn't very funny at all. <laughs> oh man, well, I've been in domestic uh, domestic life in Ohio, and uh, my quest to get washers and a uh, clothes oh, washer and dryer. No, no, I'm domestic in the household kind of way, not the uh, marriage <laughs> kind of way. And so I went and well, I almost got married to the Speed Queen. 
which is the brand of the... Is, uh, this, is it as in Room Room or as in uh, Chasing the Dragon? The Speed Queen is a brand of laundromat washers and dryers, which... Uh, I don't know. I've seen them around before. If I don't know if you go to a laundromat much, but that's the brand. It's everything's the Speed Queen washer, Speed Queen, uh, Speed Queen dryer. So, since I do all my clothes at the laundromat, now I'm a laundromat person. So I'm always hanging out there, you know, waiting for the loads, as you do. And I'm hanging out with all the other locals who are also waiting for their loads, as you do. And now I get angry when someone who doesn't go Weird. to a laundromat shows in, shows up, and they don't know uh, what to do. So there's a I'm sitting there, I'm sitting with this old woman, there's another, there's a guy next to me, he's washing all his flannels, and we're just kind of getting along, and this uh, crew walks in, and they're obviously from out of town, and she goes, well, why isn't there an ATM in here? And they're just crying about, you know, how it's not uh, uh, convenient enough for them, and it's like, okay, yeah, go get with the program, we're laundry at people, we know what we're doing. Anyway, it was me, uh... Yeah, you know, never go to a laundromat without, like, Without, like, a bag full of change. Yeah, a big old bag of quarters is what you need. Of course I do, because I'm a laundromat guy now. Mm -hmm. Just like when you go to the arcade. <laughs> yeah. For places that still have arcades. A big old pocket full of quarters. Now, when I was down there... Yeah, uh, back when I oh, was a kid... Back when I was a kid, there was a, there was a laundromat in the town near the cottage. And so, if we were staying up, like, the whole summer, right, we'd go there maybe once a week and do laundry. It was a very, it was a very small little laundromat compared to the number of machines in there. So it's like absolutely just deadly going in there when people are using the machines because just all the heat and humidity. Oh yeah. So my brothers and I, we would just like run around outside well, letting the adults take care of the laundry. Mm -hmm. Well, I was doing that too. Uh, I walked across the street and I found a convenience store, and it turns out it's a drive-through convenience store, and I've never seen one of these before. And it's not a chain or anything. It's just like it looks like someone's house that in 1975 got converted to an auto body shop or something, and then probably for licensing reasons they had to change the business. And now it's a they took the garage and it turned into a drive-through uh, convenience store, so you can drive your car through it and get whatever you want. You can get beer, you can get uh, snacks and food. Just and driving, th driving up and down the aisles, grabbing stuff through the window. <laughs> it, it is. Driving up to the checkout. Like, right? you like can, that? you roll down your windows. Uh, yes. You roll down your windows and it's like, oh, there's the cooler with the Coca-Cola. There's the shelf with the other stuff. Uh, if you want beer, someone has to get it for you. You can't just pick it up and drive away. But I walked over there. There was a line around it because everyone was waiting to get their stuff. You need to take some pictures of this place and people going and buying their stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. I want to see this. Well, I was shocked. I, I haven't been back there since I spotted it. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to take it for a spin. It is something special. I've never seen anything like this before. So there's my... Now that I'm a laundry... Do they uh, allow people guy, to... Do they allow people to bike through as well? I don't think... There's a drive throughs around here. You have to be in a car. They won't even let motorcycles along them. I just walked through, so uh, I think they'll let you in on a bike. They just let me in. And then I had to walk back uh, to get my clothes out. And You know, there's another part of being a laundromat person that I didn't anticipate, which is that everyone sees all your clothes now. Like, all my underwear is on display because I'm, like, doing it out in the open. And I felt bad. I said, wow, I kind of wear some plain stuff. I got to get some fancy underwear, like flashy stuff to impress everyone. 
Or I don't know, make them scared. I don't know. <laughs> like Chinese dragon boxers, right? Like, like the, with, the stuff you see like in Yakuza films. Or, you know, like Dragon Ball Z, you know, patterns or something, or flames, or I don't know. I gotta get something cool, something that'll impress the ladies. Some neater <laughs> t-shirts, perhaps. They're gonna impress the girls at the laundromat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. With, with your cool new t-shirts. Oh, yeah. So I had a... Uh, boxers. I posted a picture of a, of a shirt in there. I, I didn't buy this or anything, but it was just a throwaway bit. This, uh... Neon Genesis Evangelion T-shirt with Garfield. Did you see that one? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it was labeled "Angels Cruel Lasagna." Yes, I did. <laughs> and it's a some cheapo T-shirt from T Public, uh, but I like the pattern. It's like this '90s style Garfield with the font and everything, but it has uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion written on it, which is great. It's third impact. Third impact in the lasagna pan. Everyone turned into noodles. Weirdest damn thing. Where do people come up with these ideas? Yeah, I have no idea. You can get it on a mug. It doesn't have to be a shirt. You can get it on a mug. That one's actually not bad. That's That might be what I get. Yeah, they got t-shirts. They got stickers. You can get it on a hoodie or a mask. <laughs> or a mask. Oh, God. Uh, wow, how come? Yeah. The, how come show, the, show everybody you're fighting COVID with the angels. I'm fighting. And Garfield. I'm protecting Tokyo 3 by social distancing. <laughs> You know, if they just social distance in Tokyo 3, <laughs> they would have had all those probs with the angels invading. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, we had some uh, some business to get third through in, here. Yeah. I was going to go to uh, donations and stuff like that. Sorry, I was... I cut you off. I ruined the joke. Okay, let's go back. Third yeah, impact we, in Tokyo um... 3. <laughs> There's Garfield. Oh, well. <laughs> I can't save it. Um, we had some boostograms come in. Oh, right. okay. I suppose just boosts come in right before the show we from did. from 508. And I know 508 uh, is the boost number for Cotton Gin. And I presume it's because 508 is ah. the area code uh, that his cell phone number is. This is for the Massachusetts area. So I see two of them. Yep. Two of them came in. And so there's a total I don't know if of that's I don't know if that's a bug with uh, I don't know if it's a bug with uh, helipad or or what. But I see two of them, like, apparently three minutes apart. Oh, they're seconds apart. They're only a couple seconds apart. He did a double boost for 508 for a total of... Get your refresh. It doesn't, it doesn't update the time. It, it doesn't update the time. Oh, cool. So it's messed up. Anyway, um, thank you, Cotton Gin. Yeah. I think that's the only thing that we've so, had. Something to take back to Dave Jones. <laughs> I have problems with Helipad already, because... One of the things is I want custom icons for my different shows uh, so I can tell them apart. I actually want a different timeline for every show is what I really want. Something that looks like, uh, what was that old Twitter app that was really cool? Before before Twitter put the kibosh on other on independent app developers. Um, what the hell? Was it TweetDeck? Where you could get all the different... They bought one of them. The one that looked, the one that looked like how Mastodon looks now, right? With all the columns. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got another 508 from Cotton Gin. He's trying yeah, to sneak one deck. in. Cotton Gin's got it. Tweet yeah, Deck. Tweet Deck. Hootsuite. Yeah, that was another one. Hootsuite was another one. But, yeah, it's got to have that. It's got to have um, some more information about what the, what the boost was, because right now it doesn't say much at all. So, yeah, it does do the pew-pew. That's cool. I need to go change that sound, too, and get something yes, more rare encounter. Pew-pew, uh, which is pretty cool. I got to get, get something more in line with rare encounter for that. But 
No, like, I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It could have been like, you know, like one of those. Yay. That'd be good. Yeah, that would work too. Uh, do we get anything on the PayPal's? Anything I've missed? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. He missed the cutoff for last week's show, but we did get 60 USD out of Serpent. Okay, so that makes him, is that making the and that makes him, to, that does make him tonight's executive producer, yes. Right, thank you, Serpent. The exec, Serpent. executive producer of the Rare Encounter podcast. That's the sound I make when I'm being produced. Yeah. That's the sound my table makes when I lean on it. <laughs> oh man! I gotta get what I have is a little folding table. That's what everything. And yeah, on. so he he actually <laughs> sent in a note as well. Oh yeah, what's he say? Hold on, hold on. We're not done with serpent yet. From your favorite friendly filthy otaku's serpent. Merry Christmas, nerds! <laughs> if it's late for show seventy six, sorry. Have this gift of value for the show. Don't spend it all on hentai commissions this year. <laughs> Oh, boy. Thank you, Serpent. It means the world. There's a Serpent. Can I do one of those? Serpent. Plus, plus. Bingo. Give him one of those. Yay! Anything else on the list, or is that wrap it? That wraps it. That wraps it. All right. Well, that was our uh, yeah. little reminder that Rare Encounter is a value-for-value value show, and so if you get some value out of it, you think we're funny, if you if you just want us to keep talking, uh, maybe we keep you awake when you're driving at night, then you can uh, go to rareencounter.net and find some ways to send us uh, some, uh, some value. You can use, I think, my preferred way, the one I want to promote the most, is the... Uh, podcasting 2.0 value system where you can send sats from a in a sat value enabled podcast app if i could get my pitch uh, rolled out here uh and uh, you can find those apps at newpodcastapps.com if you don't have one uh we're also streaming on live every wednesday at 7 p.m eastern on the rare encounter stream at rareencounter.net we also stream on the no agenda stream uh and you can listen to us on Woo! either of those the show's the same on both streams you only have to listen to one uh, and, uh, you can also send us email at... No, 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 they gotta listen to both of them. Oh, they gotta right. listen to both of them. Listen to both streams at the same time, all right. Double the experience. Yeah. Um, you can send us feedback by email also at show at, uh, rareencounter.net. I thought I changed that in the template, but apparently it's not there. Uh-huh. And, uh, I think that covers all of our, uh, all of our housekeeping. Our domestic affairs. Yes, I think so. Hmm. Well, I had something I think we should start with, which is the Sailor Moon 30th anniversary. Ooh. And the one and only Sailor Moon. Is the Sailor Moon. So tell Cold Acid, why don't you lead me in? Tell me uh, about Sailor Moon. What is it? Who was she? Why is it important? How did you first see Sailor Moon? Was it Anime Club on VHS? I, I maybe have seen bits of it while channel surfing because they used to air it on this uh this station here called ytv okay but i was never actually a sailor moon fan i knew a few people who were like serious fans of <laughs> yeah. the show though <laughs> yeah that's a lot of fun uh i went back and i've watched it I'm trying to think. I've never watched the whole show. The whole show is like 10 seasons or something, and they've got all the spinoffs. It's one of those franchise shows, you know? But I went back and watched, I think, At the least. first two seasons. And uh, that was a little while ago, so it's not that exactly fresh. But I always liked the show. I remember it being on TV. 
uh, I can't remember what channel. It was either Fox or Cartoon Network or something. But it was just another one of those weird cartoons, and there was something different about it, but you couldn't put your finger on it when you were a kid because, you know, you didn't know what anime was. You didn't know why is this different than the other stuff on TV. Uh, but you can tell there's something, something yeah, those w- off, Those weird-ass you know? Chinese cartoons. Yeah, and one of the things was the characters were kind of drawn... Uh, in a stylized way, but they kind of, you could tell everyone was, was a human, you know, it wasn't like a talking dog, which is what you got on, you know, a lot of the Nickelodeon kind of stuff. And though they did have a talking cat, it did get a like talking a, cat, though. It looked like a cat, though. It was drawn so it actually looked like a cat. So it wasn't, you know, like cat dog. But, um, and then the, the plot. It still talked. The thing I remember about the uh, about anime was stuff like Pokemon, where it was serialized. You'd watch an episode, then the next episode. Well, what happened would at least matter a little bit. It felt like there was a progression to it. So every week you had to tune in. Tune in next week, next time on Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> as the announcer would say, you know. Um, the, uh, the bottom line is I brought a couple of clips that we could sprinkle in. It was kind in. of the same way with Inuyasha. I watched Inuyasha. Oh, that was highly serialized. That was, that, like, every episode was part of a, over, like, a story, you know? It's just something you didn't see yeah, on all these other shows. Yeah, it was very much a, uh, yeah, it was very much a ongoing story with uh, Inuyasha. But it was, I think it was kind of the same for Sailor Moon, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was kind of Monster of the Week, Villain of the Week, but yeah. kind of stuff happened, you know? But... I've got yeah, there there were probably more bottle episodes with Sailor Moon than with Inuyasha. I mean, they they had some. We used to play some Sailor Moon clips. I've got some old ones I can pull up here. Uh, I got some new ones too. I want to sprinkle in in the show. But where's my samples folder? Archive Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Moon. Pre- <laughs> I think that's the only old one I had there. Um, but I had some some new ones from the dub just to celebrate uh, Sailor Moon 30th anniversary. I thought we could play some on the show. You ready? All right, hit me with them. All right, so let's go. Uh, some of these are kind of short, so I'll I'll go through a couple here. Excuse me, Ray, but don't you think you're overreacting? Just stay out of this, okay, Chad? It's just a joke. Stay out of it. Whoa, whoa, Chad, stay out of it. <laughs> Chad. Chad. Whoa. He was the former. That sounded totally tubey. He was the rock man. He was the rock star, man. He was the rock star. I'm not apologizing to anybody, especially that did Serena. Can I talk to you, Ray? Not now, Chad. <laughs> Ray didn't like uh, Chad at all. That, that was Sailor Mars, I think, was Ray. If I get my Sailor Scouts Obviously. correct. Obviously, yep. She she was no Stacy, that's for sure. She was no Stacy. I uh, get some of these. Uh, we get the motorcycle stuff. I'll give you a ride home on my motorcycle and make sure you go straight to bed. <laughs> I think that was uh, oh my uh, the uh, the quote unquote uh, cousins from uh, the outer solar system. I can't remember what planets they were. Uranus and Neptune, I think. He nearly mutilated my kitty. No, <laughs> this is some bad stuff. <laughs> that that, mm, that could be taken in so many bad ways. Oh, there's plenty of those. I got. Let's see, what do we got here? Uh, uh, how about one of these? I think Ray's tight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. <laughs> I'm a singer, man, not a monkey. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, the monkeys never sang. They didn't even play their own instruments. Yeah, here's one of the. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. The monkey played the cymbals. 
The monkey played the cymbals, okay? That's all I can say. Okay. But you're talking about the band, the monkeys. Hmm, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, how about one of these? Uh, 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 uh. Oh, wow, that looks hard. <laughs> uh, sailors, Jupiter and Saturn? Yeah, it might I be. Mean, Grandpa, I mean, you know the, the whole story with them Grandpa. being lesbians with each other, right? Oh, that was it, Jupiter and Saturn then. That might have been it. Yeah, they were in lesbians with each other. Except for on TV, they they changed that story so they were cousins. Which, but they still had all like the longing Kissing looks. Kissing cousins. Their, they they still like looked longingly into each other's eyes. Uh, they just said on on the uh, American first. Oh no, they're just cousins. They're just really close. <laughs> we can't show that on TV. Yeah, no lesbians allowed in in children's cartoons back then. I I think they did with. That with Card Captor Sakura a couple times too, where they had two girls who were kind of into each other. I can't remember how they explained it. They explained it away so that no one would have to think about it. Uh, get some more out of context. Here's some more of these we got. Grandpa, you're going to see a doctor. Ever since you fell off the roof, you've been acting like a granola bar. <laughs> a, granola a granola bar? A granola bar. Oh, Sir Spencer says it's Neptune and Uranus. Yeah, that sounds about right. Neptune and Uranus. Saturn and Jupiter. I can't remember. Live what's... fact checking from from the chat room. Ah, that's, the, that's the first one I said. Eh, give me my credit. Um, how about one of these? Run away, I don't know. We'll have to ask Kyle Haybart because that was him. <laughs> Podcaster. Uh, I, I found out he did one of the roles in Sailor Moon, so I had to go pull, pull a clip. And that was him playing a, uh, a small boy running from bear. <laughs> and then uh, you kind of stepped on the ending here. But he says uh, right at the very end. Uh, let me just cut to the end here. Oh, no. The bear. <laughs> oh, no. The bear. Uh, Good lord. That was Kyle Haybart. If I got him right, I'm pretty sure that was him. Uh, It's kind of hard to parse the the credits here and make sure you got the right character there, but I'm pretty sure that was right. Uh, You know, it would work better if you didn't use IMDb, but instead used, like, I don't know, ANN or Analyst or another site that's, like, particular to anime. I couldn't find a a cross-referencing database that would let me find out who the cast was and also exactly what episode number it was. So it just made it hard. So that's how I got it off IMDb. Um, Yeah. It it was just difficult. Let's see. I got, um, I don't know, probably put one or two here. I'll I'll do a couple quick ones. We got this one. Oh, call my lawyer. No, please, I'll lose my wheel. Okay, we got this this one. Oh no, not the ducks. The one wheel. <laughs> you stepped on the ducks. Oh, play that one again. Oh no, not the ducks. <laughs> not the ducks. <laughs> not the ducks. He looks like my old boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, let, let's just do a couple more. Yeah. Sure, no problem. I just put a bunch of onions in my pocket and take a good whiff before the scene. <laughs> 
sniffing onions. But she's putting them in her pocket. You're supposed to wear them at, on your belt. Maybe it's a breast pocket. Maybe. Maybe. All right, how about this one? I'm still not really sure I can do it. Pegasus! What crazy thing was that you were doing? Well, um, I was just practicing jumping over the vaulting horse. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what they call it these days. <laughs> oh, Lude. my God. Yeah. Uh, and here's the last one. I watched while you changed. There you go. That's it. I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to can the rest of them. <laughs> that go. one, that one, I can't even say anything for that one because it just puts it all right out there. Yeah, yeah. I watched while you changed. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> all right, so there's a little celebration of Sailor Moon. This play, uh, playing out of context dub clips. As we do on Rare yeah, Happy Encounter. 30th birthday, Sailor Moon manga. Sailor Moon manga. Yeah, it's the, it's not the anniversary for the show, actually. It's the anniversary for the franchise, I think. And the airing in America was more like 95. Yep. First so. chapter, first chapter published, first chapter published 30 years ago yesterday. Yep. Cool. By, oh God, what was the company that did that? It wasn't, I want to say Clamp, but that, I don't think that was it. Um, ha. Well, I'm spacing on it. I should know my Sailor Moon facts better than this. It was published in the pages of Nakayoshi, apparently. Okay. I've never read that. And yes, it the artist behind it is not Clamp. No. I'm thinking I've got Card Captor Sakura on the on the mind for some reason. Uh Pervert. Magical Girls. Hey, it's a good show. Yeah. And then a good Blu-ray release, by the way. Yeah. In case anyone's wondering. Naoko right. Takeuchi. Is the creator? Oh yeah, the the. Woman what else? What else has she created? I was gonna say the voice for Sailor Moon, the um, original Japanese voice for Sailor Moon, also went on to do in uh, Card Capture Sakura. She played uh, what was it, Karabos, the uh, the orange monster, uh, the guardian, and then also you know who she played in Evangelion, Misato, Misato Katsuragi, same voice. Mm. She also played that hamster. The drunk girl. Yes, indeed. It's funny, too, if you watch the original Sailor Moon. Hamtaro? Not Hamtaro, the, the, the other hamster. Hamtaro was kind of cute. This was the foul-mouthed hamster who always talked about getting laid. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the show was, but uh, <laughs> it starred the voice, uh, voice talent of Sailor Moon. Yeah, she's a, she's a superstar. Uh, long career. Whatever you, if, when you hear her voice in things, if you watch stuff that's been uh, not dubbed, but, you know, the subtitled version, you just hear it. Oh, it's, well, what I always think of is Kats Mats Masato Katsuragi. That's what I think of. But, all right, hit me with a, hit me with a story. You got some stuff too, right? Oh, yeah, of course I got stuff. It's, uh, How about some, some Lego in. talk? Yeah, let's get some Legos on here. Hit me with some Legos. So Sonic is coming to Lego. Sonic the Hedgehog or Sonic the Fast Food? No. Sonic the Hedgehog. The the Green Hill Zone set that was announced back in February has a release date now. And there were pictures of the final set that were leaked last week, apparently. But uh, now, now we're getting, like, official news out of Lego that this is coming out. Oh, wow, they have that little crab thing from Sonic 1 and the weird polygonal po uh, trees and the ladybug with the yep. with the jet engine. Yeah. yeah, they got everything. 
We got rings. There's a there's an invincibility monitor, and there's a uh, there's a running shoes monitor. Robotnik, of course. Yeah, Mr. Eggman. Doctor. Now Eggman. the one thing, the one thing that with this link from Nintendo Life is game profile information shows the info for the Master System version, not the not the Genesis version, which more people actually know about. Yeah, that's the only one I played. And this is something. This is something that I learned only after only after coming across. Like, remember, it was last week, wasn't it, when I was talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog port for the Commodore sixty four that Indeed. was recently done. Yeah. I just I only found out that all the Master System Sonic games were not actually developed by Sega. They were developed under license by third party companies. Hmm. It's interesting. Even though yeah. Sega made the console and they made yeah. the original game. So, yeah, they essentially went and said, hey, you guys can make this for us. Just doesn't have to be an exact port. It just has to be using using Sonic and you can do what you want for the levels and stuff. And actually, a lot of the a lot of the Sega uh, titles that appeared on the Master System, it was the same thing. Uh, like the original arcade games, Sega did themselves, and then they hired third-party companies to create ports for the Master System and for the different computer systems that the games also appeared on on the t at the time, like MSX systems or the, or Commodore 64 or Amiga or Atari ST. Because back then there were actually a lot of Sega games that were ported to different systems, it wasn't until the Genesis that Sega stopped allowing its games to appear on systems that they did not produce themselves. Hmm. That's all interesting. What, what was the year again? Uh, I, I want to check a date. Ah, I hate it when I do that. You the said year it, for what? Uh, when they started Sonic? letting other people do uh, Sonic games. Uh, uh, this was... <clears throat> I mean, all through the 90s, the first Sonic the Hedgehog game came out in 91. Mm -hmm. And throughout the entire throughout the entire Game Gear era, all the games for involving Sonic were published by Sega and and production was controlled by Sega, but the actual development was third party. Okay. I got it. I was trying to. So essentially, essentially, it's like they would contract a company to do the actual work, right? Right, right. I was trying to find the date on when the Neo Geo Pocket Color came out because there was a Sonic game on that that I used to play, and I cannot, for the life of me, find. <laughs> I found one of them, but not the Pocket Color, which is what I'm looking for. But that's a whole a whole rabbit hole. I wanted to see who developed that stupid game, and I cannot find it. But I did find. All the puzzle pieces in that, <laughs> and uh, got a hundred percent on it once. So there, nice. Yeah, there's a handheld uh, kind of Game Boy Advance competitor. It had an eight-way joystick instead of a four-way uh, pad, so it made it better, man. But it didn't have shoulder buttons. Aww. It was a con little handheld console. It didn't sell very much at all. But we had a couple of them in my family, and we had the trading cable and. Uh, I think most of the games that got released for it, we ended up with. Uh, not that there were 
many games. Oh wait, no, there's actually more than I thought. These must be Japanese. Oh yeah, most of these are only released in Japan. I'm going down. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six games only released in Japan, and then one of them had a release in the uh, in the North American market. So yeah, kind of tells you the story. Yeah. Ah well. A lot of them are like that. Yeah. So you're gonna get this Lego set? Did you already order it? Pre pre ordered So I I yeah I'm I'm definitely picking it up, and it's only it's only seventy bucks Canadian. Interesting. I think that's in Canadian. No, it says ENUS. Let's change that to ENCA and see what it tells me. $89.99. Uh-oh. Christ. 150% almost. No, wait. From 70 to 90, that's not that bad. That's... It's got to be 80. I can't math good. I don't... Yeah. Well, wait a minute. How am I supposed to do math? I'm a programmer. <laughs> I only do high-level math and algorithms. I don't add things together. I don't know how to do that. I can't multiply. <laughs> uh, yeah, these are kind of skewed prices, huh? Yeah. I have more I have more console talk, by the way. Yeah. I, I just want to point out if you buy it in Euros, it would be about eighty dollars US, but if you pay it in US dollars, it's only seventy dollars US. Hmm. That's interesting. So these these um, prices aren't you know just yeah that's conversions. weird because like I mean you wouldn't even have to ship it as far if you're buying it in in Europe right you don't have to ship it across an ocean they can just uh, they can just drive it to you from uh, from Denmark yeah because sixty it's seventy dollars U S or well sixty nine ninety nine U S dollars or sixty nine ninety nine euros. But for some reason, it's, what, 59.99 pounds? What? Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand this at all. Okay. Is this some dig at, uh, at Great Britain or something? Maybe? Am I reading the tea leaves too much? It, probably, probably something Brexit-related, because that seems to have... They've seem, they seem to have, like, gone and, like, made it so much harder to actually import and export stuff. Yeah, it's like gonna... more difficult than even how it was before the Eurozone was established. You know how that makes me feel? How do you feel, though? Angry! <gasps> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's talk some more console stuff. Yeah, sure. So there was this, there's this uh, series of articles by this guy named Rodrigo Capetti, okay. where he actually analyzes the architecture of different consoles and he's been doing this he's been doing this for a few years and it covers from third generation consoles like the nes and the master system uh currently up to seventh generation such as the playstation 3 or the nintendo wii and there's still plans to do more to do more consoles although it's been a while since he's actually released a new article about them yeah, this is. Where's he? I found he published, this really by the way? interesting when I came across it. I don't see. Yeah, I see. on his own website, capetti.org. There we go. Yeah, I just pasted in the link. And so yeah, like, uh, like a lot of interesting information here about the actual hardware of the consoles. But what's missing from this? What's missing from all of this are things like the. Second generation consoles, the first the first game consoles where you could actually like plug in a cartridge and it would play something that's off the cartridge rather than 
rather than like a cartridge really just being a pass through for which circuits to enable. The first generation consoles, like all the all the games were essentially built into the console, mm -hmm. and the cartridges you'd put in were simply a way to switch which game it would be playing. What and then what's came an along example things of those? like what kind of the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? Okay, I th I think the Odyssey was one of them. Oh, the uh, Magnavox? Magnavox? Yeah, Magnavox, Odyssey. Magnastar, whatever it was. Yeah, Magnavox. That was invented in a building that I used to work in once upon a time. Cool. Yeah. By Ralph H. Bear. Yeah. So, yeah, like that. Yeah. So that, like, it had, it had everything that you could play essentially built into it. And there were, there was, uh, like, that was essentially the first gen generation the the odyssey uh phillips telespiel right the second generation where was the first one where the games were something that weren't built in it was it was like cartridge with some rom on it that would actually tell you that would actually give instructions to the console and there was an article published in uh, ieee spectrum Ooh. about Inventing the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass that along as well. Hopefully everybody else can see it. I mean, I'm able to read it without being logged into the IEEE yeah. site. I'm, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm not logged in either, but I, I can see. It. I pay for my IEEE stuff, but uh, yeah, I get someone else to pay for my IEEE stuff. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> your employer. Mm. Yeah. I am a member, but I don't pay shit, you know. Was, I talked my last uh, employer into doing it and the one before that and everything. So this article, saying. this article, yeah. this article was actually originally published in March 1983. Really? I'm not sure, I'm not Whoa. sure others can access the actual PDF version that includes technical diagrams and photographs that aren't in this, uh, that aren't in this website version of the article. I see some technical diagrams, but uh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a couple in there, but I think there's more in the original published version of the article from that issue of IEEE Spectrum. Mm -hmm. It's behind a paywall. Yeah, could be. It could Six be. Six kilobytes of RAM. I'm man. able to access it, no problem. Actually, I'm checking right now to see. To see if I can grab it without being logged in, but uh, the IEEE Explorer site is being super slow. Yep. Oh, here we go. Warner Communications. So I'll throw that link in as well. Warner Communications in New York bought Atari for twenty-eight million dollars in nineteen seventy-six, largely on the strength of yep. expectations for VCS. Well, and then after the crash in nineteen eighty-three. Uh, Warner sold off Atari to Jack Tramiel after he left Commodore. The old stories, man. Back in the day. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that stuff up because it's been it's been burning a hole in my Lynx collection for a while, and this is some cool stuff to actually read through. If you're interested in old computer and video game technology. I'm just looking at it right now. An estimated 120 million cartridges had been sold at prices between 12 and 35 dollars. Wow. 
And there were millions that never got sold and were buried in a landfill. <laughs> buried in a landfill by who? Steven Spielberg? Uh, who who made that decision? No, no. Uh, it was, uh, it was the E.T., right? I think it was E.T., uh, Pac-Man, and a bunch of others that uh, just could not get sold. Hmm. And it turned out, I think I talked about this before on the show, but it turned out that there were just a, a few bugs in E.T. that were making it essentially unplayable. And once those are fixed, it's actually not that bad a game. Hmm. And somebody actually went and, and took the ROM and figured out the bugs and patched them. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure links to that are somewhere in our past show notes. Oh, yeah, so this is talking about the technical details of how they did everything from displaying the uh, backgrounds at a different resolution than the foreground, and that's cool. They have their, they called pseudo-random yep, shift register. Do they mean the a, amount of... Uh, instead of a pseudo-random shift register, do they, do they mean, mean a linear uh, feedback shift register? I don't see those words, but I think that's what it is. I wouldn't know. I'm not a hardware person. Hmm. It's interesting. They call it a pseudo race. What I do know is there was a lot of beam racing involved. There was a lot of beam racing involved because the processor inside the 2600 wasn't all that fast and you did not have much RAM at all to work with. Hmm. I think it was something like 256 bytes. Yeah. What Bill Gates, what, what was he famous for saying? Uh, you'd never need any more than what, 64K? 640. And he 640. never actually said that. And the other thing is, it was IBM who made that made that the limit because they had all sorts of other stuff memory mapped above that point originally. Hmm. You gotta get that floppy drive but in yeah, there. Jay Miner was one of the designers of the Atari 2600. Huh? I was gonna say, you gotta fit that DMA in there somehow. Gotta get the memory map. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Miner. <laughs> Jay Miner. Jay Miner, who was who is behind the de original Amiga design, was also one of the designers of the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Okay, and is he still around? Yeah, he designed he designed primarily what's called the Stella chip, which is I think on this on this circuit diagram, the one marked Atari TIA game interface. Mm -hmm. If you look in the diagram as well. It used a 6507 processor, which is a pin-reduced 6502, where the reduced pins are mainly from the address lines. So it could only address, I think, four kilobytes of memory. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. DIA descriptions, Rev. 17 February 77. Jeez. At least people back in the day, I'm just looking at these drawings, they had enough sense to, like, even though they're hand-drafting stuff, maybe that's why, they knew to put the date and the accurate, you know, title block information. It's something that people just, if you don't force them to do it, they don't do it, and it's incredibly irritating right now. With digital I think they might have drafting. been forced to do it. If you see at the very bottom, mm -hmm. CC, TIA Descriptions, Patent Attorneys. Yep. Okay, so this is from a patent. But so they probably had to. They probably had to do it as uh, as perfectly and neatly as possible. Well, that's a good point, actually, because this and all those callouts. 
Although all those call out numbers are probably to things that were in the patent description. So this isn't production drawing at all then. Hold on. No, you're right. This is from a patent description. So this isn't even the real drawing. This is the fake one with it as simplified as they can get away with and still get the patent. So it doesn't really tell you how it works. It tells you yeah. how, what the patent says it does. That's a, irritating. It, show, it shows you what connects to what, at least. Yeah, well, not the same. It's not the same so as for the example, assembly it looks drawing. Like, you know? It looks like the speed of the whole system, the speed of the whole system is driven by an oscillator that's connected to the TIA at uh, 3.58 megahertz. 3.58 megahertz. Now, I know that some some of the 6502 family chips had built-in clocks and didn't need a clock signal, but I believe that the 6507 was one that needed an external clock. Mm. Well, I see a built-in... Well, I don't know. It's hard to tell in the patent drawing what's in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box, man? What's in the box? I did. Let me zoom in. Let me see if they made a, a rookie mistake. No, they didn't. They got it. Never mind. I was wondering if they had... I would expect they wouldn't have made a rookie mistake. Well, you still see people who know better still write megahertz as M lowercase h z. It's a common mistake. Yes, that's true. And I see people who write megahertz as all capitals MH said. Yep. Which is also incorrect. Yep. Oh, well, what can you do? At least the... the I'm not Shrug. enthralled. I'm not enthralled by the patent drawings. I don't care about them. I want to see the production drawings. What do they have uh, for the assembly of the, the actual hardware? And I don't see any of those in here. They're probably still proprietary. I bet you that you can find, like, CICAD drawings of, of the board somewhere online. I'm talking about the top-level assembly drawing. I, know, how I noticed that a lot, a lot of circuit boards, a lot of older circuit boards, you can find that people have actually have actually like put them into KiCad or other PCB CAD software, so that people can like do reproductions. It's not just the board, though. I don't want to see the board. I want to see the top-level assembly drawing for an Atari Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and I don't think we're going to get that out of Atari unless they published it out of a, as a courtesy or something. I see manuals. I yeah, see, so you know, probably you're not going to be getting that. Yeah, probably not going to be getting that. That would that would impress me. That's the one I want to see, because that's the one that actually tells you what's going on with it. Oh, well. Yeah. <clears throat> what do we got next? C'est la vie. C'est I, think, la vie. Uh, I think you've got some you've got some year end list. <laughs> list to bring up <laughs> these are garbage uh these are absolutely atrocious best songs of 2021 i know i know songs. they're garbage bring them up anyways all right let's start with the best um tv shows let me see i called it best songs for some reason um of 2021 according to a site that will not be named these are just terrible and i just want to go down the list and i want to just get an answer from you do you uh is this one of your top shows this year? Let's go down from the top. It's a Sin, Channel 4, HBO Max. Never even heard of it. Okay, neither have I. Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. Never heard of it. Squid Game on Netflix. Heard of it? Don't watch it. Yeah, I same. don't have Netflix. I'm one of these, what the hell is Squid Game and why Why should I care about it? 
And I don't have Netflix, I don't use Netflix, sorry. With a dystopian battle royale slash the Hunger Games element at its core. And this is a Korean show, so it's just showing how, once again, Korea is taking ideas better done by other people and making their own version of it. Yeah, I, I mean, the original is Battle Royale, right? And then Hunger Games kind of ripped some of that off, and uh, I guess Squid Game is the latest iteration. Ah, uh, well. I've been pretty good at yep. ignoring it. I don't want to see it. Uh, WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. I think this is the Wanda Sykes show, if I've heard, heard of it. Never seen it. Yeah, I don't care. I didn't see it. I don't, and I don't subscribe to Disney+, Plus either. Um, let's go um, Mayor of Easttown on HBO. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Uh, how about Reservation Dogs on FX? Never heard of it. Well, I want to point something out about this uh, this show, and I've never heard of it either and didn't watch it. I, as far as I c care, none of these shows exist. I've never seen hide or hair of anything except Squid Game, and Squid Game got ranked 8 on the list. Uh, we're counting down from 10. Um, Reservation Dogs is on FX, and every other entry on the list is... HBO, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, it's all some kind of premium service, which is known for streaming. And I know HBO is also a can cable channel, but they're not they're in my mind they're they're not a probably, real cable channel. This you know, is probably a paid for this is probably native advertising. Well it could be. Um going down the list, we also have hacks on HBO Max. A lot of HBO, yeah, you're right. Never heard of it. I never heard of it either. The White Lotus on HBO. Never heard of it. Okay, The Underground Railroad on Amazon. That actually sounds interesting. I've heard of The Underground Railroad in history, but not not a show about it. Yes, as a historical thing, uh, that's something that's interesting to me. I've seen parts of The Underground Railroad, too, by the way. Uh, but as far as Amazon goes... The description given here in the Dig article makes me not want to watch it because it's going on with all the political bullshit. Yeah. But I bet the show is actually pretty good looking, just looking at the image for the Prime Video trailer video. I have no confidence that something like the Underground Railroad could be accurately depicted by a company like Amazon, a.k.a. the people, owned by the same guy who owns the Washington Post. There is no chance in hell that the Underground Railroad on Amazon is something worth that that I'm going to care about. Um, I'll stick to reading about it uh, from but contemporary accounts. But it's good production quality. I'll, I'll say that. Well, probably. They, defi good they definitely quality. look like they put they put effort into the show. I'm at sure. The very least. I'm sure. Wapo Even is, if it is mostly propaganda from uh, from Jeff Bezos. I'm sure the New York Times is printed on very fine paper. Number one, six, Secession on HBO. Have you ever heard of this one? Never heard of it. Yeah, I don't care either. I've never heard of any of these except Squid Game. Apparently, it is a it is a successor to Veep, another show I've never heard of. Oh, I've heard of Veep, though, because it had um, uh, Louis Dreyfus on it as the vice president, and it also had uh, Tony Hale. I've never watched it, but I, I like the actors in it. <laughs> though Tony Hale's best role wasn't on TV, though. It was as Jetpack Dracula in that Dan Harmon pilot. That never aired, where he plays a time-traveling Dracula huh. with a jetpack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was. Uh, oh, that sounds like trouble. Somebody called that Van Helsing. Van Helsing. No, it was. Uh, it was a comedy, and I believe it was written by Dan Harmon, the guy who does Rick and Morty. Uh, 
And it was some stupid, ridiculous pilot. If I remember, got my facts right, it, it was uh, Harmon. It was a pilot that he wrote the script for and it never got picked up. And it was in the, uh, they read a, there was a podcast I listened to, or I used to listen to called the Dead Pilot Society, where they would get comedy pilots that were dead. Like they were not option. They were submitted or they were, they went through the first round of, you know, network TV pitches. And, but then they got passed up because there's like something wrong with them or there's something kind of stupid about it. And anyway, they would just get the scripts, which are usually really good. And they give them a table read. And so it's a podcast where they just have actors not quite doing it as a radio drama, but basically doing it exactly as a radio drama. And it was really good. Um, they had Tony Hale was in it as Jetpack that Dracula. Sound, that does sound pretty good. They had some weird shit in there. They had um, the the one that never made it to TV was the TV version of Big with Tom Hanks. Of all things, which actually... Did they bring in Tom Hanks to do the table read? No, they had a bunch of other actors, and it, he wasn't in the show, though. It was about the... Oh, uh, missed opportunity. It was about the wishing, um, what is it, the the fortune-telling machine. And it was a kid who makes a wish, and then, then there's the other kid makes another wish, and it's kind of, they took the idea of Big, and they kind of worked it in a bunch of different ways. Um, what else did they have on there? They had, um, well, they had all kinds of good stuff. The, the one that really comes to mind is the, uh, what's the Disney Park one? <laughs> they had a, a sitcom that took place inside a Disney Park that got, I think it was supposed to be developed for NBC, and then NBC didn't want it. Uh, oh, the tra Travels of Zoltar, says Sir Spencer. I think that was Sir Spencer. I think that was what it was called. That was Sir Spencer. Yeah. Oh, well. There's some honorable mentions in this list, by the way. Of, in Let's what see list? if you've heard of these shows. Okay. Ted Lasso nope. on Apple TV Plus. Nope. The other two, HBO Max and Comedy Central. Nope. That's a no. That's a no. Midnight Mass on Netflix. I've heard of that, and I purposefully and don't watch it. What we do in the shadows. On... Okay. Yeah, I saw the trailer yeah, for it. It looks like uh, that list. Looks like that some list shit I is a want. big nothing burger for us. Yeah, the whole thing's a nothing burger. Um, I don't know if we're just gonna if we're just gonna read lists of things that we uh, don't care about. Uh, we also have the best songs of 2021, but maybe we can spare the audience and not mention these because uh, they're kind of crummy anyway. Yeah, that's probably that's probably for the best. We don't want to chase away the the few people who are still listening at this point. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, good music on the list. Let me tell you that. I'll cut to the chase. Oh <laughs> uh, well, what do we got? We got some potato news. <laughs> We got some potato news. Yeah. Um, this was the... But isn't this the potato news that got uh, that got stolen from us last week? Yeah, this showed up on... Was it No Agenda? On Thursday? Or maybe it was Sunday. I think, no, it was on DH Unplugged. Oh, last yeah, that was DH it. DH Unplugged. Uh, Horowitz scooped us on the, on the rationing of fries in Japan. Yeah. Uh, did he mention that this has happened recently before, too? There's been... I don't think he did. There's been other fry disputes. So um, up until December 30th, uh, there's a ration on potatoes, potatoes at McDonald's. So you can get your potatoes small for 230 yen is the only size of potato that you can get. If you want potato large or potato box, well, you can't get a potato box, I think, at, a, at a McDonald's. That's a KFC thing. But the, uh, the interesting thing is it's just called potato. They're not called fries, they're just called potato, as far as I can tell. 
in oh, the... Oh, uh, potato! Uh, potato. So you can get your small potato, which is fries, at, uh, at McDonald's now. But if you wait until tomorrow... I guess the 31st, so the last day of the year, you can get your uh, biggie size, not biggie size, uh, super size fries. But what I wanted to bring in was this extra detail that I got from Potato Pro, because they cover the story also. And according to the Potato Pro article, there's been a couple of these. There was a potato shortage in 2014. If I where's my note? I wrote it down there. Yeah, in 2014, McDonald's Japan had the same situation, but it was caused by a labor dispute instead of the flooding that we have. Uh, the current shortage is flooding in Canada near Vancouver, uh, allegedly, according to sources. And it turns out KFC and COVID nineteen disruptions. And um, earlier this year in October, KFC had a fry disruption. I think they had one earlier than that too, where they uh, all of a sudden couldn't get couldn't serve fries at the KFCs. But I think they had fries for Christmas. There was there. one in 2015, and there's one in October of this year yeah. for KFC. So, for a country like Japan, they don't have. I guess they have some of the climate for potatoes some in some places, but, but you know the potato is really a cold weather kind of. Oh, uh, you can grow potatoes practically anywhere. They they'll grow in. Pretty much anything that isn't totally dead. They're supposed but, to. Uh, they're supposed need, to grow well in lot, colder climates. You need told. a lot of. Yeah, but you need you need a lot of nutrients in the soil for them. They will they will kill the soil if you if you grow them industrially. Yeah, and, and you don't you don't keep it all fertilized. And Japan isn't the biggest country to begin with. Nope. It doesn't have all that much land they can actually spare to the sort of resources needed to do industrial potato. Industrial potato, man. I'm writing that down as a show title. <laughs> industrial potato, man. All right. Well, what do we got to wrap this thing up? Hit, getting close to our end time here. I've got my complaints about... Uh, yeah, oh, we got some I, podcasts. No, what? We skipped the podcast segment last time. Yeah, I let's think. talk podcasts. Um, all I wanted to bring up was, did you see the Hog Story? Uh, the status? They put some new art out there uh, earlier, right before the episode. Hogger for life. I put it in my notes. I did not see that. Go mm. refresh my wow. notes. That is I'm a, seeing that out. Yeah, yeah. wow. <laughs> it's Fletcher and Carol at a Hogger for Life. The uh, anthropomorphic Beggs has been doing Beggs has been doing some great art uh, lately. Yeah, it's amazing. We should see if he if he'll do some uh, rear encounter art for us. All right, because that is like what he did here for Hog Story. What he's done for Bull after Bull. <laughs> it's been a lot of good art lately. You know. Well, why don't you yeah. reach out uh, see if uh, see if there's any art in our future? I might in the new year. <laughs> uh the only other thing i but yeah this this is one this is one thick hog one in the smoker one thick hog the only other thing in my notes says carb lanes is minty fresh fletcher smells like question mark i have no idea what that was about apparently i wrote it down what do what do question marks smell like i don't know what do question marks smell like if you know send us a message at uh show at rare encounter.net and that's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and behind the schemes, had some stuff. It was a great show last night, Bowl After Bowl. Podcast Ring of Fire number three is coming up. Yep. Coming up tonight. But until next time. Tonight. 
I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Adios. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?